Why exactly did the Cowboys move on from Amari Cooper this offseason? And what's the reasoning behind releasing Lyle Collins? All that and more in this episode of our offseason recap here on the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your Locked daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Locked Network, your on. team every day. Locked On. Locked, Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. I am Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. Uh, Check out Landon on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, let's go ahead and just start with this. Uh, The Cowboys, not a super eventful offseason. Do you agree or disagree? I think it depends on how we define eventful. I mean, uh, their inaction uh, as an event, I feel like, has been well documented. Um, and, I, and I feel like it's... It's it, no action, action. Is that what you're basically yeah, saying? Exa- yeah, exactly. Inaction is an action. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think, you know, I think it's certainly... It's not any more or less... Uh, uh, less uh, how do I phrase this? There's no, there's no in more or less incoming action than there normally is. Where there is a lot more action is the outgoing action, right? Like yep. The, yep. The, the Coopers and Lyle Collins, and obviously those are kind of the headlines of of the off season. So uh, I think it's it's uh, it certainly hasn't been a, a loud, explosive off season, but it sure sure as heck hasn't been quiet, especially uh, with the. Uh, the sounds of angry yeah. Cowboys fans uh, uh, with their pitchforks and, and, uh, and their torches. Yeah, so today's episode is going to be a full off-season recap of what the Cowboys have done and what they really haven't done. Uh, so in case you're just tuning in because you were listening to Lockdown Mavericks and now the Mav season's over, maybe you're down on the Rangers who are at, what, 500 here at, you know, early on in the season and you just want to get a recap of what Dallas is doing uh, on the football field. We are here for you. So... We're going to split this up into three segments, free agency, draft, and then other. Let's start with free agency. So uh, the Cowboys did lose several players, uh, including Lyle Collins, who they released, Amari Cooper, who they traded. Uh, They lost Randy Gregory in free agency. Um, They lost Cedric Wilson. They lost Connor Williams. And they only signed a couple veterans in Dante Fowler and James Washington. Those are the most notable ones. So uh, where would you like to start with the Cowboys' free agent moves? Well, let's start. Let's start in the exits first, um, and then you know we can kind of go on. We have an hour to do the show in. today. What'd you say? So do we have an hour to do the show today of all the uh, exits? I, I think we've we've gotten you know several shows worth of whinging out of out of the way already. So if you want to go see yeah. somebody whinging about all this, certainly go back to our our, our previous episodes. But what, what know, loss I, hurts the most of all the guys that we we listed? I, I think I think the answer is Cooper, but but I, I think it's you know because it's a position that you uh, you took a gamble on 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 trying to replace. I think with with you know the other obvious answer to me would be Lael Collins, yeah, yeah. Um, but but I think you know you feel at least decent about Terrence Steele coming back, potentially taking another step this year, uh, and then being fine at the right tackle spot. You worry about the depth overall at tackle, obviously, but. I, I think as far as like how well will they be able to p- reproduce like wide receiver two numbers, then I, I think that's something that there is that that is still a question. 
and is still something that the Cowboys are, are going to kind of have to solve as they go. It's, it's not like a clear solution that they have yet. I think they have a couple of plans and some contingency plans, um, but we don't know exactly what, what plan A is uh, to kind of replace Cooper at this point. Yeah, I mean, so in case you are just tuning in for the first time in several months, the Cowboys traded Amari Cooper to the Cleveland Browns for, I believe it was like a fifth-round pick. Fifth-round pick. Pick, yeah. pick swap. Um, the reasoning that the Cowboys had is they were paying Amari Cooper like an elite receiver, and they don't think he necessarily performed like that. They thought his $20 million price tag was just too high. Now, the wide receiver market – exploded after the Cowboys traded Amari Cooper. He went from being like the fourth highest paid receiver to the 10th highest paid receiver. And it's only going to go down here in the next couple of months once more receivers get paid. Uh, but Jerry Jones actually said, I, I believe it was yesterday, that they believe CeeDee Lamb is going to be an upgrade as a wide receiver one over Amari Cooper. My issue with it is it didn't have to be a one or another. You can have both those guys on the field at the same time. Uh, but as that's a pretty good uh, way of explaining how or how why the Cowboys decided to move on from Amari. Yeah, and I, I just real quick, I would backtrack even a little bit. Uh, I would say that if the COVID situation had not happened, and that if the, its effect on the uh, the salary cap and the lack of of growth had not happened, I think Mark Cooper is still likely to be here. I, I think if you look at the numbers the amount of money that they lost on the cap, you know, because of the loss of revenue to the, due to the COVID situation probably is about what the Cowboys would have paid Cooper. So really it's that lack of, of cap space that everyone was expecting to have that ultimately kind of was the death sentence for Cooper on, on, on the Cowboys. I think the, you know, again, kind of going back to what you were saying, it's, I, I, I mean, and this is what I've been saying all offseason. Cooper was not number one wide receiver last year. I mean, there's just I don't know how no. I don't know how you slice it like that. He was. He I mean, the, the the targets, the the numbers, the 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 emphasis, all of that was on CD Lamb and not Amari Cooper. So the question was, do you want to pay twenty million dollars for a wide receiver to you know? I think some people got it caught up in the sense that it's all about how Amari was playing or, or how he was fitting in. And I think it more had to do with the fact is that they didn't necessarily want to play someone who was functioning in the wide receiver two role, yep. $20 million a year. So uh, that that's ultimately part of the reason, plus the, the salary cap situation. And yeah, I think uh, CD lamb can step up, can, can uh, play a little bit more wide receiver one, I mean, a, a more take more targets there, but that's not the replacement. Like what, what we're, what, what the replacement needs to be is in the, Who's taking those that the that third rung or that second rung of targets, right? Like right. who's getting that that third level, that second level of, of targets and looks and that sort of thing. That's where the replacement will come for Cooper this uh, year. Uh, a couple other free agent moves. The Cowboys lost Randy Gregory in free agency to the Broncos. They had a deal agreed on. They actually announced it via Twitter. Yeah. Uh, but Randy Gregory Gregory and his agent decided to go elsewhere after some contract. Uh, what do you, how do you want to say this? Um, some hijinks that we so, we still have not solved that sounded yeah, like two petulant it. children arguing in a room together and deciding not I'm taking my ball and going sure. home. And honestly, it sounded like both sides pulled that same move. They both yes. took their individual balls and decided to go home. Uh, the Cowboys did sign Dante Fowler, somebody who played with under Dan Quinn in Atlanta, uh, to try to help replace Randy Gregory. 
They lost Connor Williams, as we mentioned at the top. That was expected. Uh, Cedric Wilson got a fairly big deal from Miami. If you don't think anybody, you know, we weren't expecting Cedric Wilson to be back. The Lyle Collins one is the, the one I want to touch on really quickly because yeah. I think some people are still confused by this one because I thought he played well in the playoff game against the 49ers. He's one of Dak Prescott's best friends, and he was on a relatively cheap contract with no guaranteed money left. Why do you think, you know, kind of now we're two, three months removed from that. Why do you think the Cowboys decided to make that decision? You know, I think a lot of it's circumstance. You know, obviously what happened with the suspension was eye-opening and stupid. Uh, and I think there's no way around that. And, and I, and I, you know, you have to worry about, it's the kind of thing that when you combine some of the other stuff that has been involved with him in the past, where he's made questionable decisions and, and you have to worry about his reliability there. And then I think that by itself probably wouldn't be enough, but I have to think that they worry about that hip um, because it caused it, him to miss the entire 2020 season. Yeah. And he came back and played great. I mean, that, that, that I think that, that's certainly not part of it, but I also think that there were several different points where, they thought it was going to be one way with the hip and then it wasn't. I mean, you know, I think the 2020 season is one thing where he wasn't completely unable to work out or he didn't work out during that off season before he came into camp overweight, tried to lose the weight while trying to rehab the hip. And it just, it caused more and more problems. Um, And I think it's just those kind of, that kind of decision-making in general uh, that scared the Cowboys a little bit. And then you, you juxtapose that to, Terrence Steele, right? Steele yeah. was the offseason award winner last year for being the guy the most in the building. His the jump he took from his rookie year to last year uh, was incredible. I mean, just absolutely unpredictable uh, and and frankly shocking to anybody who spent any time watching those two seasons, seeing the difference between the player. I tend to think that you know that sort of work ethic and uh, you know development plan is going to continue to get better for him. And I think for the Cowboys. They felt like if they got out of the contract now, it's not a huge contract, but it was some money. They got out of the contract now. They can split that money up a little bit more. They can get a little bit of relief. They can roll it into next year. We've been getting a lot of questions. What are they going to do with the Leo Collins money? Honestly, I don't know that they're going to do much except maybe sign a veteran wide receiver at some point and then potentially roll all the rest of that money over into next year to try to pay – Dak or Diggs or Lamb or any of these other guys that are coming up. So I, I think that this was more of a long-term move because they had lost faith in, 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 in Collins off the field and they felt like they could use the money elsewhere considering that they had Collins at such a cheap deal. Uh, one more free thing I'm going to mention. Uh, the Cowboys did bring back several of their own players, including yeah. uh, J-Rod Curse, Malik Hooker, Leighton Vandresh. I don't know if that one was quite expected. They also franchise tag Dalton Schultz, uh, their tight end. I'm going to talk about that one in a little bit here. But yeah. uh, that was one of the big moves. They don't use the franchise tag very often, but to tag Dalton Schultz at basically $11 million a year was notable. Uh, all right, I want to take a quick break before we get to the draft so we can tell you guys about Built Bar and a brand new product that they have. Mm. Built Granola Bars are here. Built Granola Bars come in three unbelievable flavors chocolate peanut butter, chocolate coconut, and white chocolate berry. If you want to try all three flavors, you can get a mix box right now at built.com. Only 115 calories, 15 grams of protein, and only 4 grams of sugar. 
Built Granola Bars are going to change and rock your world. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com to try the new Built Granola Bars right now. All right, the draft. Uh, We spent a lot of time talking about the draft. The Cowboys value the draft maybe more than any other team in the league. Um, And I would say this is a very needs-based draft. Now, typically... Those type of drafts don't work out well, but the Cowboys had a lot of big holes. We knew going into the draft that they needed to grab a offensive guard to fill the Connor Williams spot. They needed to grab draft a pass rusher to fill the Randy Gregory spot. We know that they needed to f- to find a receiver to fill in the Amari Cooper slash Cedric Wilson spot, and they needed to find a tight end to replace Blake Jarwin, who they released in free agency due to an injury. And what do they do? Four straight picks. They addressed all those spots. Tyler Smith in the first round, uh, offensive tackle slash guard from Tulsa. In the second round, edge rusher Sam Williams from Ole Miss. Third round, wide receiver Jalen Tolbert from South Alabama. And then the fourth round, Jake Ferguson, tight end Wisconsin. Uh, what do you think about the Cowboys draft now that we've got a, kind of a month removed from it? Well, I, I would remind everybody that the saying is, do not reach for need not do not draft for need because the thing is, is that everyone kind of conflates those two things and thinks that anytime that you're drafting for need, that, that you're violating some sacred code of drafting, which is just not the case. Like yeah, everybody true. drafts for needs, you know, like it's did just, they, it's trying to balance need and value. That's the, but, that's the key. Did they but, reach for need? Well, I don't think that they did. I mean, I, I think that, look, I think you can make the arguments that, Here's my here's my whole thing. That's why I like to get a sense of the whole draft before we talk about reaching and all that sort of thing. Because you can maybe make the argument that they reached for Sam Williams, but you could also make the argument that they got a great value in Jalen Tolbert. You know what I'm saying? Fair so, enough. That's so fair. Yep. I, I think I think if you're talking about an overall value situation, you know, sometimes it's easy to judge a reach or or judge a, a, a steal, uh, but without kind of calculating in what is actually happening in the moment of the draft, right? Like where the runs are happening and that sort of thing. I I think the Cowboys, uh, uh, you know, they definitely went and got their guy at Sam Williams at 56. Uh, But I think the fact that Jalen Tolbert made it to them at 88, and then even just as important, I think that, uh, that Ferguson made it to 2129. I think it, it balanced all the value out. I really like what they did at the top of the draft. Uh, I, I like some of the things they did at the bottom as well, but I think they had a very difficult uh, mandate this year because of all the losses that we just talked about, because of the situation. You know, I, this is not, again, this is not what the plan looks like, right? Like this is, the, the, the plan did not include losing all that cap space, you know, last year and then having to, potentially fill all these holes because of the loss of revenue, the, the trickle down effect of what that, ha- what that did to everything. I, I think the Cowboys kind of drafted for need more than they were probably comfortable with and they, more than they usually are comfortable with. They didn't kind of do the normal, or at least not to the extent they normally do of, of, of going and getting uh, some free agents to kind of fill the holes so that they can draft a little more freely. They knew that they were going to be going in drafting with some need and they didn't have an issue. I think it had to do with the way the board was laid out. So I think you get a guy that could come in and play guard for you right away and then hopefully can develop into tackle on Tyler Smith. That's going to be really the big uh, 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 litmus test for this draft. 
for Sam Williams, you know, hopefully you can get a guy who comes in and gives you some uh, rotational snaps as a pass rusher throughout the season with the idea of potentially becoming a starter next year or, or taking a spot next year uh, with Tolbert. Tolbert's, you know, learning curve is going to have to be pretty short, you know, with, with all the stuff with Gallup going on, he's going to need to kind of get up and running soon, sooner than later to kind of fill in that hole early. And if he doesn't, then look for the Cowboys to go mm-hmm. out and sign a veteran wide receiver. And maybe even if he does look for them to go out and sign a veteran wide receiver to kind of help them through that early part of the season. And then Jake Ferguson is a guy that I think, you know, comes in as a solid blocker. He's the typical kind of guy that the Cowboys like. Uh, at tight end, someone who has some developed blocking skills coming into the pre- into the league, but uh, can use some refinement as a receiver, but has some things, that, some traits that you like as a receiver. I think he's got some body control, some some ability in the red zone to be a good target. Um, and, you know, th- those are the crown jewels. We can talk about the other bottom guys as well. But I think for guys, for the guys that they drafted that that were drafting for need, um, you know, I feel like they got guys that that can do the jobs that they're, that they're asking him to it's just about seeing you know how well they actually do once they get into the into the training camp practices yeah anybody who's played fantasy football and done a draft before you guys know what it's like to have a draft fall where the guy that you want just gets picked one or two spots ahead of you in every single round right and yeah you still fill out a team and you feel still feel your needs but you just don't feel super great about that and then there's other drafts where it just falls perfectly. The guy that you want is there at every single round, and you, you're you're kind of swimming downstream, right? I think the 2020 draft was like that for the Cowboys, right? C.D. Lamb falls to you, and then the corner that you are going to consider taking in the first round in Trevon Diggs falls to you in the second round. Like It just worked out so well. There's yeah. drafts like this where the offensive linemen, three of them go inside the top was it, nine picks. Trevor Penning goes inside the top 20 picks. All the receivers, the top six receivers – are all gone in the first 18 picks and it just kind of leaves you with not great options. And it's not like you can say, okay, Hey, let's redo the draft. Let's start over. Now that I know that you guys are all going to take these guys, I want to, I want to trade up and go get one. No, it, it doesn't work that way. So I, I think the Cowboys did their best to, to do what they could in a bad situation and a draft that didn't fall right. And then a draft landing that I don't think was particularly good and deep. Right, kind of felt like yeah. there was about twelve players in the first round. This was a solid draft by the Cowboys. It wasn't exceptional. It wasn't great. It, you know, it was uh, making the most of a bad situation. I, I, I think it's is exactly like what you said. You know, that the draft did not fall the way that the Cowboys wanted. The 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 players that they hoped kind of fell through. It, it just never happened that way. So they did the best they could with the way the draft fell. And I think they came out with a solid draft, a non-exceptional draft. They didn't get anybody that's like, you know, you're just chomping at the bit, like, you know, like, uh, like CD Lamb, like you mentioned. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah I mean, just the, even Parsons, I think, you know, you at least felt like he was a one of the most talented talent, players right? coming out of the draft. Yeah. Like, yeah. so I, I think, you know, I, I, and, and again, guard is not exactly a sexy position for a lot of folks, you know, and so it, to kind of get that at the top of the, of the, of the draft is not always uh, exciting for everyone. But I do think that they, you know, the talent improvement, and I think this is my overall offseason note, the talent improvement that's going to happen with the Cowboys this year is going to be with their young ta- young team. They already had one of the youngest teams in the league. Uh, and they have a ton. I mean, what, what, 14 picks or whatever it was last, 11 picks last year that they had. 
that are still on the team is going to, it's going to be about the jump that a lot of those guys make. And there's a lot of players in the Cowboys roster right now that are in the middle of that rookie year to their second season where a lot of these players take a lot of jumps. So the improvement for this team is not going to necessarily be immediate uh, additions, whether it be through the draft or the free agency, the improvement of this team is going to be the internal improvement of these younger players getting better, Dak being healthier, which I think is going to be a, a huge, huge thing as compared to last year, um, and 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 the just the improvement of guys like C.D. Lamb, like Pollard, like Micah Parsons, mm-hmm. like you know Trayvon Diggs, you know those those also uh, Digizua. That's going to be the kind of improvement that the Cowboys will see. Should also mention really quickly, the Cowboys did very well on day three. Day three was a time where they got a lot of value. You mentioned Jake Ferguson. Uh, I know a lot of people really liked him. Matt Willetsko, an offensive tackle from North Dakota. I know a lot of people had a lot higher than where he was selected. Damone Clark, a linebacker from LSU. Uh, yeah. He got picked, you know, I think at least a round later than what a lot of people had in value. Plus a UDFA class. Uh, multiple sites, multiple people ranked it as the number one UDFA class. Um, and the Cowboys needed a lot of back-end depth. So I, I do do think they did well there. Uh, we did shows on all basically all of their top UDFAs on all of the draft picks. Make sure you guys go back and listen to those if you missed them. Uh, later, we do have some other news that we should talk about, including some coaches that stayed, some players that are maybe in some trouble. Uh, but before we get to that, I want to tell you guys about Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering needs, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. All right. I want to kind of go back to January and February because I think I don't want to say so many bad things happen with the Cowboys starting in late February and March that we kind of forget about the good things that did happen, right? The Cowboys keeping Kellen Moore, who was one of the two finalists for the Miami job, I think was a pretty big upset, but an even bigger upset was Dan Quinn staying. It sounded like Dan Quinn had an offer to take the Denver Broncos job. Actually, we, we know that's true. Sounds like Chicago wanted him as well, but he decided to stay with the Cowboys for an additional year, um, maybe with the eye of being the eventual head coach here. But uh, as bad as the rest of the offseason went, keeping both those coordinators was a huge win for the Cowboys. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that one of the things that the Cowboys were looking to uh, in the offseason was what, what was the brain drain going to be like losing Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn in yeah. one offseason, which was just an, the assumption that that was going to happen, at least losing one of one At of least them. using one, right? If not both, too. The fact that they were able to bring back both is absolutely enormous and, and I think shouldn't be discounted. And, and, and I think the fact that they got another year of, of – Kellen Moore with Dak now, again, being healthy is going to be huge for this offense. For Quinn, the opportunity to kind of continue to develop Parsons, to kind of continue to develop some of these younger guys is absolutely enormous when you when you have – again, we just talked about it. They, they drafted like, you know, 11 guys on defense last year that, mm-hmm. um, you know, that they – are, are in critical stages of development right now, like in that, in that huge gap between their rookie year and, and, and their sophomore year in the league. Uh, and, and, and to have Quinn here to kind of 
keep a level of continuity in the defense no. to allow these guys to develop. I think that's absolutely enormous. So, you know, that is something that that Cowboys fans have kind of forgotten about in its old hat. And I think it because it was that was you know, we had them last year, so it's not as you know exciting. It's not an addition, um, right? Yeah, exactly. But I, I think you, we should absolutely consider it to be an addition because honestly. I had absolutely considered them to be gone at the end of last season. Yeah. I, I, I personally thought that both would have been gone. Uh, oh, I, so I almost thought there was no way that Dan Quinn was going to stay. Right? There was just too many teams that wanted him. He did too good of a job last year. I, and I have a tweet that's up there somewhere about, uh, I thought with the Cowboys retaining Dan Quinn, it was the biggest win that they could make this offseason. And it really is because we saw last year with the amount of injuries that they had. Because remember, Demarcus Lawrence missed – most of last season, Randy Gregory was in and out of the lineup with calf injury, COVID stuff. Micah Parsons was a linebacker at this time of the year. They had injuries in their secondary. Who knows who they were playing at linebacker. And this was a top five defense pretty easily. And by the end of the season, they were it was the reason why they were winning games rather than the offense. Cowboys stats is going to yell at me a lot on Twitter for this, but I, also, I think that them retaining Quinn was more of a positive than the Cowboys losing Cooper to trade. I, I really do think he has that sort of effect on this team. Uh, so we'll I, see. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see him back and we'll see how, what, what happens beyond this year. Um, and of course the Dallas Cowboys can never stay out of the news and sometimes not the great news, but we should also mention Kelvin Joseph, the Cowboys second round pick uh, a cornerback from the 2021 draft who a lot of people were penciling in into the starting lineup was involved in a situation, I believe, was it in Dallas, I think? Yeah, it was on, right. it was on Greenville Avenue. And if you're from Dallas, you certainly yep. know Greenville. Uh, it's where lots of the the fun bars, the, lots of the youth are, are out hanging out, having some fun, having some drinks. There's, you know, there's arguments, there's fights. And it sounds like what happened is that Joseph uh, was involved with a group of folks that got into an alter, altercation with the guy, an argument, uh, a, a verbal argument, I don't think, it started as anything physical up front. Mm-hmm. Uh, that part was on, on film or was on video rather. Um, and then later on that night, terribly, uh, it sounds like, unfortunately this, this, this gentleman was, was murdered, mm-hmm. uh, was killed by uh, some folks shot some, by some folks in a car that was the same, potentially the same group of folks that Kelvin Joseph with had been, had been with earlier in the, in the evening. Well, and Joseph Apparently was in the killed. car. We know that for yeah, a fact. And, 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 yeah. And Joseph was in the car with that same group when uh, 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 allegedly one of the members of that group uh, shot and killed this, this gentleman. So very extremely serious stuff, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and even if Joseph isn't directly involved, like it sounds like it's, it's being implied now uh, he was there. He was uh, uh, a part of this. He obviously was interviewed by the police. I, I think, you know, there, we don't know what the legal ramifications are in Texas, uh, even if you didn't pull the trigger, if you were in a car with somebody who, uh, 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 you know, was part of a drive-by, you are you can be held legally culpable. You can be uh, charged. Uh, we know that eventually he, Kelvin Joseph, did uh, cooperate with the Dallas Police Department. So the thought process might be that his cooperation is what's keeping him uh, from being arrested. Hey. And there was an arrest after Joseph met with the the police, which indicates that maybe Joseph told the police what was going on or who was holding the gun. You know, we haven't heard anything. For, so the legal side for right now, we haven't heard anything. We don't know if there's any more legal ramifications. There may or may not be. I wouldn't assume that we are completely out of the clear yet until someone tells us that. 
uh, and someone with with a with a law degree, hopefully. Yeah. Um, and 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 as far as the you know the off field the 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 NFL ramifications, uh, it's it's the NFL and it's Roger Goodell. So really anything could happen. I mean, I think that they have kind of really tampered a lot of the personal conduct uh, uh, suspension yeah. stuff. <laughs> if if the Watson situation doesn't tell you anything. Uh, so I, I think there, there potentially still could be a suspension coming, uh, but I, I wouldn't, I don't think it's guaranteed. And I don't think that we'll know about it until, I mean, maybe until well into training camp, maybe even, maybe a not weeks. even this year. I yeah. would not be surprised. It, if this is a thing that lasts for a while because I, my guess is that the NFL is not going to do anything until we get some news on what happened there. If there's a trial or whatever, it seems like they like, they like to let the legal process kind of play out before they get involved. Yeah. And that makes sense. And, and, you know, it's a murder trial, so it's, it's, it's going to take a while likely. Uh, so we'll see exactly how it, it all plays out. But for, yeah. for now, Joseph is eligible to play. He's on the team. He's been an active uh, participant in OTAs, uh, but we'll see exactly what that means for his short-term and long-term career. Okay. Uh, I think that's just about everything that happened or notable for the Cowboys offseason. Did we miss anything? They did sign Dorrance Armstrong. We should mention yeah. that. We mentioned, um, we, there's a lot of stuff we didn't mention, including that on April 29th of 2022, the Cowboys released Seo Alana Lua, and who was the fullback one, and I'm still not over it. So there's that. We, yeah, they we, also, okay, we, we got Ryan Nall. We got, we got Ralston. Okay, we got some other fullbacks. But Seo Lua was our fullback, and we lost him. More importantly, the Cowboys released Greg Zerline. I think probably people are more excited uh, about good. that. Uh, and they have a uh, kicker competition. Yay, that's the thing I look forward to the most in training camp is kicker competition. It's going to be a lot a of couple un- A couple undersign- uh, underrated stuff that we didn't mention, right? They re-signed J. Ron Curse. I think that mm-hmm. was an absolutely huge signing considering how he played for this team last year. Um, they re-signed Brian Anker who uh, I, I think I, I understand he's a punter, but as I was saying all of last year and in training camp, he's an incredible punter. He's the he's best punter good. the Cowboys had in a long, long time. It's Pat McBriar. Uh, yep. No. Yeah. So it's better than McBriar. Uh, you know, I, I, there's a lot of re-signings that they did that, 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 uh, you know, Noah Brown, Jeremy Sprinkle, uh, Carlos Watkins, you know, we mentioned the late Van Der Esch. So they, they, they were able Dorrance Armstrong. Was another guy. They were able to kind of, re-sign a lot of these guys i think people need to remember just the sheer volume of free agents that the cowboys had this offseason it was it was incredible so the fact that they were able to get some of those guys back is good uh obviously at the expense of some of the top end guys which you know that's going to be the, the what they're working yeah. through this offseason is trying to see how they replace guys like cooper and leo collins all right uh we want to thank you guys for making locked on cowboys your first listen uh up Later this week, we're going to continue to our, do our training camp and OTA preview, talking about the Cowboys wide receivers. The Cowboys have an OTA practice actually today and tomorrow, but tomorrow's is open to the media, which means like last week, we're going to get some nuggets kind of coming out of that camp. So we'll make sure we do a recap show on that. So make sure you're downloading the Locked On Cowboys podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Also check out the Locked On NFL podcast, our national NFL experts and insiders We'll keep fans dialed in with the biggest stories of the offseason. Follow Lockdown NFL every day on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow our show on Twitter at Lockdown Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. We'll see you guys next time.